0: oh, have you heard of this thing called Eurovision? And I was like, Euro what?
1: Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat from what from on TV. I'm Mike McComb, I'm editor-in-chief at WEIO, and I'm joined today by my fellow WEIO Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists, Ryan Brazell and Ben Smith. Hey guys. Hey, hey Mike. Hey. How you doing? Doing alright. How are how are you all doing? Fantastic. It's,
2: it's good. I'm I'm a little cold today because of the snow, but I'm Minnesotan, so I'm dealing with it. Nice. <laughs>
0: Similar here where I'm in the south and we don't really know how to deal with snow. So the whole place is shut down over two inches, but that's all right.
1: Excellent. Uh, Snow days for everybody. So, uh, (laughs) uh, So our mission with this podcast is to kind of help explain, contextualize, demystify the Eurovision Song Contest for an American audience. Uh, all three of us are huge Eurovision fans. Uh, that's actually how Ben and I met and how Ryan and I kind of reconnected. Uh, Ryan and I went to college together. Um, and yeah, like we keep on finding little pockets of fandom around the country. Uh, and it's sort of been... Eurovision fandom sort of been scratching at the edges of the mainstream in the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, we're just trying to kind of help evangelize it and um not be so weird when we're talking to people about it uh (laughs) at parties
2: yeah yeah i mean like i feel like every every year i think i find like a a few more twitter people that i follow who have suddenly discovered your vision like yes you're you're almost there come on come join us
0: i keep slowly drawing people in from my friend circles because i just talk about it constantly and so they have no choice but to become a fan it's great
1: Uh, my partner, uh, didn't know anything about Eurovision when we first met, uh, but then once I was able to get him obsessed, it was, uh smooth sailing from there on in we actually had our honeymoon uh at Eurovision uh this past year so um yeah that's just the kind of nerds that we are so (laughs) um now since this is the first episode uh, of this podcast I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of go over uh two of my favorite questions whenever there's a new topic of who are you and what are you doing here uh so uh, specifically um how were each of us introduced to Eurovision? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've gotten everybody's origin story. Um, ben, did you want to go first?
2: Uh, sure, I can. Yeah, just the, the question of who are you? What are you doing here? How did you get, in, how did you get into my house? Yes. Yeah, basically, um, let's see. So, like, I think this, now that it's 2018, this is technically my 10th year of watching the competition, which that, that happened. Um, but so I, I, I was racking my brain on this today to figure out exactly how I got to the Eurovision Wikipedia page in 2008 after finals week. But I did. I was like, oh, there's a web stream. And caught like what I think what had to been like the last hour or so uh, of the 2008 competition. It was like, this is kind of awesome. And went back and watched a bunch of the other videos. And then 2009, around May, same thing happened. Where it's like, oh, hey, that's happening. I should check it out. And then, like twenty ten, I was no twenty ten. I had graduated. And it was like, okay, this is just a thing I can watch now as an adult. And at the time, I had a blog, so I started writing about it, as I did with all the things I was sort of getting super into at the time. Uh, and then did that for a couple years on my own, where it'd just be sort of like a last second, hey, here's all the entries. Let's briefly talk about this, and then like. Mike, you were like one of the other people in America who was talking about this on Twitter and was covering this in far more detail than I was. So it made sense to just like start talking about this with somebody else who who understood this and not just not just something that I watched in my apartment. And now it's just become a thing.
1: Awesome, uh, Ryan. How did how did you get introduced to Eurovision?
0: Uh, that's a great question. I was working at um, our alma mater. Um, I was doing technology support for the foreign language faculty there, and one of the faculty, he was a professor of Russian, um, but he has um, some of his research interests around ballet, um, and he travels to Sweden very frequently, um, and he came into my office one day, and we were talking about, you know, the Olympics had just been the year before, and so um, this is 2007, um, he was like, oh, have you heard of this thing called Eurovision? And I was like, Euro what? Um, And so he uh, was like, you have to watch this. And his husband had a restaurant, and so he hosted this big party at the restaurant. And that was the year that Verka Sarduchka competed for Ukraine. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I need it in my life all the time. Um, And so I I had someone pull me in, and so I tried to return the favor to everyone else and and pull everyone in my circle in. I also, I, I sort of watched casually for a few years, and then actually on a trip back to our alma mater, I w- like, was listening to the college radio station and someone was playing, it was like a winter term, a January term radio show, and someone was playing um, the Austrian rap uh, "Wookie Meet Them Popo from several years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was oh, like, yeah. who is this person on the radio station playing a Eurovision song? And so that's when I really got back into it full, full force and became obsessed.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, my timeline uh, also kind of... Uh... Let's see that uh in 2007 I remember there was a blind item on uh Yahoo News uh about Serbia winning the contest and uh it it didn't register in my mind that it was Eurovision I think the headline was just like Serbia wins international music competition and like my reaction was oh good for Serbia um and then a couple of years later uh while I was uh procrastinating during grad school I uh I was reading a blog post about um, that was a review of uh, Sounds Like Teen Spirit, which is a documentary about the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. And uh, the review included links to a couple of videos and uh, watched them. It's like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And just kind of fell into a uh, rabbit hole that I have yet to climb out of. So, (laughs) um, yeah, in uh, 2010, uh, that was the first time that I, like, actually sought out the contest to watch it and then uh i was writing for a television website uh in 20 uh yeah starting in 2010 uh where the uh person running it uh was based in europe even though it was an american television website and i uh was kind of struggling to find some content to write about one day. It's like, oh, you know, Eurovision, like, there's stuff happening with that, so I might as well uh, like, just do a couple of, like, blind item posts about it, and it'll give me something to, like, kind of fill in gaps here and there, and then just kind of got more and more into it that way, and it's like, oh, well, I'll just keep writing about it, because it was also, it was getting hits, so uh, that helped out quite a bit, and yeah, I've been writing about it ever since. This is going to be the eighth contest that I've done a deep dive on so uh that's exciting
2: yeah Uh, so just in thinking through this more and just thinking of what we should probably discuss next which is like okay so how do you explain this to other people Mm -hmm. uh i think i pieced together like why i google why i was looking at the eurovision wikipedia page and so i mean the way that i i pitch it to others is so another one of my big interests is terrible movies specifically like mystery science theater level so bad they're good movies. And one of my absolute favorites that is uh, it, that is just like I paid 99 cents for it on Amazon. I fully got my money's worth at this point uh, is The Apple, which is this terrible disco musical from 1980 where whenever they don't really have any plot, they sort of substitute in ham-hitted biblical allegory. Uh, I can spoil the ending right now that uh, at the end of the movie, uh, God comes down in his like golden space Cadillac, takes the hippies away. But, like, a major setting of the movie is the World Division Song Contest, which is clearly ripping off the Eurovision Song Contest. And I'm pretty sure that got mentioned on Wikipedia somewhere. I clicked Eurovision Song Contest, Mm -hmm. and here we are now. Yep. And the (laughs) and the way I explain Eurovision to people, at least on a surface level, because I have a lot of friends in the area who go to a couple different bad movie nights, is, Okay, so Eurovision is all of Europe, or at least all of the European Broadcasting Union, coming together. Uh, and seeing who can come up with the cheesiest three-minute pop song, and they decide a winner every year.
0: And I they think, do such a
2: good job of it too. So, <laughs>
1: there,
0: there's, I think there's a key difference, though. It's not just cheesy; it has to be sincerely cheesy, right? You yes. can't well, you can't well, make something well, like this if you're aiming just to make something that's bad. You have to be put mm-hmm. your whole heart and body into it.
2: Well, yeah, and like that—that that sort of lines up with the the, the terrible movies I like. Is that I don't like movies that are bad on purpose. Like, I like movies where, like, some actual effort went in, and they were trying to make a real good movie, but just things happened along the way. <laughs> so there needs to be there needs to be sincerity behind it. You can't like, I think that's why you see entries that are trying to be very very tongue in cheek not do well because you you can't because you you just can't do that.
0: It has to happen naturally.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, for me, I think what drew me most into the contest. I mean, besides the cheesy pop music, like I, I love the Spice Girls. Unironically, uh, feel free to at me on that. I would love to talk Spice Girls with anyone. But um, yeah, for me, it's it's more like the election night drama that also gets wrapped into the contest. Like, um, I, I know the vote tabulating thing is probably one of the more boring aspects. Like, if, if you were to ask people, like, what makes uh, Eurovision is so much fun. They're not going to say the voting part. They're going to say the really cheesy performances. But I don't know. Just watch watching the results roll in, and and like not having the stakes be as dire as like real elections. Uh, yeah, it's it's just like I don't know. It, it it it's just a giddy little thrill. So, uh, we can move on to. Uh, Starting to talk about uh, what is happening With this year's uh, contest Um, So where we are at this point uh, In the process uh, Portugal uh, They won last year's Eurovision uh, Which was held in uh, Kiev, Ukraine Uh, And because they won They'll be hosting this year's uh, competition Uh, It's going to be held in Lisbon uh, With semifinals On Tuesday, May 8th And Thursday, May 10th And the grand final of the contest is going to be On Saturday, May 12th Um, As long as there aren't any controversies or debts between organizations or any acts of war, uh, 43 countries are expected to compete this year. Uh, right now we are in selection season, uh, that is going to go until mid-March, and this is when each country that's participating will determine uh, their respective artists and songs through a variety of processes. They may have American Idol style competitions, uh, They there may be broadcasters that are just going to announce uh, who their artist and song is. Uh, yeah, there, there are lots of different ways that uh, the acts will be selected. Uh, So far, Albania is the only country uh, that has determined both their song and artist, and the public knows what the song is. Uh, We'll be talking about that in a little bit. And as of this recording, uh, seven countries have determined who their artists will be, and we'll find out what their songs are at some point before uh, mid-March. Coming up, uh, France, Israel, Lithuania, and Spain are... Uh they're currently airing T V competitions to determine either the singers or songs or both. We'll talk about that in future episodes once there's something more concrete to discuss. Um so and then just like one yep.
2: other bullet point is that people have already started releasing their YouTube compilations of their top one songs for this <laughs> year's Eurovision competition. It's great.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, like I was like I've always seen those, and I, admittedly I've used some of them when I've been like, okay, I need to quickly review. Like, I, I just want to see what what the general YouTube audience is thinking of these entries. But usually it's at the stage where it's like, here's twenty seven songs. Not here's my here's my one favorite.
0: Well, but also when there's twenty seven like, songs, it's here's my top twenty seven. It's like that's that's all okay. That's fine. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's yeah. All the songs. <laughs> <laughs> these are all of them. <laughs> thank you for for providing up to date content on what you teenager in switzerland thinks of this year's crop of competitors yeah
1: well i mean it, i'm i'm glad that they're so open minded that all of them are equally their favorite so
0: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> all, all all of the kids are above average so um <laughs> so yeah since we know what albania uh is sending to the contest uh we can kind of start talking about them a little bit more uh thoroughly um, you could say so. Yeah. Um. So Albania held their annual Festivali i Kengis. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, which is uh their sort of annual music festival. Uh, this uh, that's usually held just before Christmas. So Albania is typically one of the first countries uh to select uh each year. Uh, in this year's competition, there were 22 songs. Uh, they competed over two semifinals, and 14 of those 22
2: advanced to a final. I, I like that we start out with 22 entries, and the final is 14 of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, as as far as I can tell, there's like no real like rhyme or reason. Like, I I don't know if there was like some scoring threshold or what, or if it was possible that of the 22, all 22 could have theoretically advanced. Oh Yeah,
2: I just again just we have twenty two songs. Well we should reduce choice paralysis. Let's (laughs) cut down to fourteen.
0: Love you, Albania.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Well I I do like that this is just like a thing that happens at Christmas for them is that we we have Christmas and we also decide our Eurovision entry and we're done. We're good. Yeah. I mean now we have four months to just sit here and figure it out.
1: Yeah uh yeah <laughs> although
0: for, okay but for a, for a country that probably isn't gonna win anytime in the next like they're just they don't have the the money and the power right why not go first then you at least get talked about for a little while
2: fair fair it's well similar to that one town in new hampshire that has like six people
0: that's right they vote first yeah they,
2: they, they just make the big deal about just all we we voted at 1205 and here are our votes and we're done Thank you for our five minutes. That's right. So that could that could just be what Albania does.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know. yeah, yeah, because uh, I mean the process that they're using, like this fest- this music festival, has been going on for oh, I think this year was the sixty fourth edition of it. So like, I think they're just trying to like get two birds with one stone, uh, just being like, oh, well, we don't have to have a separate competition to figure out what we're going to send so uh we'll just do this and like there's just not any strategy behind it which Mm -hmm. is fine like you do you albania but um yeah it it's just disappointing when there's a song when like they could be doing so much better is all i want to say like i I want you to do well albania i I support your mission so
2: well yeah I, i do like that they're one of the nations that does still have this tradition similar to like italy with san remo of we have a national music competition this is sort of, and, and uses that as their semi-final for what's going to show up in as their Eurovision entry. There's a nice sense of history to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's just like, I, I think it does kind of get into, I don't know, sort of the nationalism that makes Eurovision so interesting, where it's just like, no, this is, like, the Albanian song of the year. Like, that is what should go. Like, it, it would be like if uh, the song that won, like, song of the year at the Grammys were sent to Eurovision or record of the year, wh- whichever one is, is the one that people care about most. I right. still get confused between song <laughs> and record of the year. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, this year's winning entry, uh, is called mall. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that either. It's not mall as an American mall. It's, uh, Oh shoot. I didn't grab the, the translation, uh, for, uh, what that means in Albanian uh, by the artist uh, Jujent Bushpepa Uh, and here's a clip of that. First reactions to this track.
2: I, I think my first impression on hearing this was that it felt very traditional to me, compared to like a a few of their their last entries. It felt more rooted in folk music, which is which is nice, but it also it also didn't feel super new to me. Or su- the thing, I mean, the thing that I like in Eurovision entries is things that tend to merge what's going on in contemporary pop music with with the nation's folk music traditions and this is much more on those on that traditional side than the actual contemporary pop side, which is fine. Like there's there's always a few of those every year. And they definitely have a place in the contest. They definitely reflect the sort of its mission is, but I'm they're also usually never my favorites.
0: There were there were two things that popped that sort of stood out for me about this. Um, first I love his voice. I think he's got a great mm-hmm. voice. And I think of sort of the early, you know, Mike, you mentioned that several countries have named their artists. I think right now there's not really a weak voice in the bunch, which is really good to like see and hear. And, you know, I, I, that's not always true at Eurovision. So it's nice that we've got some strong voices, at least um, being announced early. I think the problem that this song is going to face, it's the opposite problem that Iceland had a couple years ago. So, um, I think it was 2014 or 15. I don't remember which year. 14 or 15. It was Maria Olaf's singing "Unbroken." And the problem with that song is oh, yeah. it was all chorus mm-hmm. and no verse. This song is all verse and very little chorus. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's, it's, it, there's not a thing for people to like latch onto, right? Like the chorus is supposed to be really catchy. There's a hook involved, right? Like, and there, mm-hmm. th- this song just doesn't have that. And it's you, you mentioned in the first listen. Um, that this has got to get pared down by 80 seconds, but I don't know which 80 seconds go, and it's probably gonna be one of, like there's so much invested in the verses, it it just seems like a really unbalanced
1: song.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree there. Like, I, as I was listening to it today, just to get, just before this taping, I was just going, okay, I like that they're trying something with sort of untraditional with non traditional song structures. But, like, Eurovision is all about, you have three minutes, get to, don't bore us, get to the chorus, where's the chorus here? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really, really curious what the editing is going to be like on this song. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm i intrigued that uh, they've already decided that they're not going to translate it from Albanian to English. Um, And I have a feeling that might be a trend this year like i think we're this is probably going to be a multilingual uh contest year which would be awesome uh yeah, just, it would be great. yeah, yeah. i mean yeah i mean last year uh there were i want to say seven like non-english entries and all of them made the final all of them did very well all of them were well received and it's like okay please let that be a trend this year because i i just think it's much more interesting um but yeah it it's
0: it's also much less well, and, uh, much less clunky that, you know, bad I've, English lyrics will kill a, an otherwise really good song.
2: Right. Yes, I, was, I was just about to say, like, the one thing that I always notice with the Albanian entries is that they usually get translated, and the, the translate entry always feels very wordy. Like, I think it was 2014's entry was very lovely, and then, like, they did the English version, and they were trying to cram so many words into the verse to try and get the same feeling... And the same meaning that it sort of lost some of its beauty.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think I think the beauty of this song is its strong suit, but I'm not sure it's strong enough to carry it uh, as far as it needs to go. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I perhaps with translation like off the table, that's going to allow them to really. Focus on how the song is going to get pared down to three minutes, um, and and also like the stage performance. Like I, th- I think this can lend itself to a compelling delivery. I don't think, uh, and we'll have the video uh, linked in the show notes. Um, yeah, the the performance at the festival, I wasn't drawn into it, but that's something that can easily be fixed, and they mm-hmm. certainly have given themselves enough time to uh, figure all of those elements out.
2: Yeah, they've given themselves a wide berth to actually figure out what the performance looks like, and also to figure out what that Reader's Digest three-minute version of this song looks like.
1: Like we mentioned before, uh, there have been uh, seven other countries that have announced their artists, uh, but uh, we don't know what the songs are just yet. Uh, We will probably find that out sometime mid-March at the very last minute, uh, just to make it all the more exciting. Um, I guess we can take this list alphabetically uh by country uh rather than artist. But um yeah, so first on the list is Australia, uh which some of our listeners may be like, "Hey, why is Australia in a European song competition?" Mm. <laughs> um they have uh they were invited as special guests in 2015 and they finished in fourth place. Uh they've been super fans of the contest for a very long time and uh yeah, uh, they were they were invited as guests as part of the 60th anniversary of the competition and uh, did very well. So it's just like, oh, okay, you can come back in 2016, and they almost won the whole thing. So <laughs> also, um, also, is I was, was, was
2: going to try and explain like why is your, Australia in the contest? As well, sometimes when a when a nation and a broadcasting union love each other very very much, mm-hmm. they do a special hug, uh, and. Uh, once money has changed hands and you know if you pay basically if you pay the European broadcasting Union you can be in eurovision if you you know if you check off the boxes welcome friends
1: so, though to be fair, there are some countries that haven't been paying the eurovision <laughs> the european broadcasting uh, Union and they're still able to compete uh but we'll we'll see how that affects uh the um the lineup at this year's contest so <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: I, I mean, I think that they've ironed out all of the. Actually, actually, you owe us the money, so can you pay that before we we process your entry? Like, unlike like a couple of years ago when when poor Romania got like just shafted at the last second. Nothing, none of not their artist's fault, but just like, oh yeah, by the way, you guys owe us the money. You can't play.
1: Yeah, but that was probably to Romania's benefit because they still have their like perfect streak of making it to the final, and I'm, I'm not that sure means. their ballet Westeros entry. Uh, that that was going to be a hard sell i think
2: that that was going to be a hard sell so in, in the end it, it it was for the best but <laughs> like getting back to australia it, i i like that like this is now their fourth official third fourth official entry
1: uh number 4 yes
2: number 4 and it's like okay well now you know let's let's give the person who was like the interval act when we were like a a fun surprise in denmark actually get a chance to compete yes very nice good for them
1: Yes. Uh so yeah, uh didn't actually mention her name. Uh Jessica Malboy, um who's uh I don't know, just kind of glancing over her uh website and uh assorted media outlets. Uh She's a lot. Yeah, she's uh pretty active in the Australian pop scene. Um Yeah, uh we have a clip of uh her performance at uh as the interval act in 2014. It's a little rough, but um yeah, like she was she wasn't competing or anything, so um no pressure, you know. So <laughs> Winter, feeding our souls
2: with a thousand
1: strings. All right, so does anybody have any first impressions about uh, Jessica Mowboy, Or
2: I, I think I'm going to have to wait until I see like what the actual entry looks like. But I th- again, I think it's great that they're giving her another chance since she was sort of their entry into getting to be officially part of Eurovision that now she actually gets to be officially part of Eurovision. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. And I, I mean, I think I, I love seeing more people of color and women of color um, getting into Eurovision. I think for me, that's a really big deal in terms of my enjoyment of the contest. Um, and, and I appreciate that Australia is sort of standing behind someone, as you said, Ben, that she's a big part of the reason, also the money, but she's a big part of the reason <laughs> that they're in this position. So I'm excited. Yeah. In, in terms of her as a contestant, I, I got to wait and see. I was not super impressed. I thought that skit um, that we just showed was cute, but I, I wasn't super impressed with the quality of it. So we'll have to see when she actually has, you know, three, four months to put together something and really refine it. We'll see. Mm-hmm.
2: And like, just, just that you mentioned yeah. that, so just thinking over Austria's official entries, like I think every, every one of theirs has either has been like a woman or a person of color.
0: Or both, yes.
2: Or both. Yeah. Well, yeah, That. Which, which is admirable of them for trying to increase... I mean, I, I have no clue if that's on purpose or not. I would like to think it is. But just the fact that they are trying to make the Eurovision Song Contest a little bit more diverse is good. Because you're dealing with Europe, which is otherwise just kind of a very white region.
1: Yeah. Um, and th- this year seems to be shaping up to be a very diverse contest. Uh, just looking at like who who's in the field for the various national finals. And also uh, for Austria's uh, competitor, uh, who is uh, Cesar Sampson. Uh, we know that his song title is Nobody But You, but we don't know um, what that sounds like yet. I actually don't know what he sounds like yet. Um, all I could find about him online is that he is a personal trainer from Vienna, and he has abs. I okay, mean, we, that... and
2: We've confirmed that this is the correct Cesar Sampson.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I did a search for his like sort of Eurovision fan page, and then when trying to find uh, other resources, uh, I found his personal trainer page, and it's it's the same guy. Okay. But yeah, that that is all I've been able to find about him so far.
0: Wasn't the falsetto vampire from Romania a couple of years named César?
1: Uh Yes. Uh, but based a, a on the strength César. of
0: that, I already love him.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> There's a strong history of Cezars in the Eurovision Song Contest, and I'm sure that this entry will be another part of that pantheon.
1: Yes, I, I, perhaps nobody but you is also a falsetto vampire uh, ditty. I don't know. So, <laughs> um, so next on the list is I, yeah, is like the,
2: Austria still kind of shrouded in mystery? Other than we we know the person's name, we know. What their song is, but that's kind of it right now.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. Uh. The one. The next on the list is uh, Azerbaijan. Um. Uh, and their artist. Uh. Her name is Izel. I believe that's how it's pronounced. A I S E L. And uh, I was able to find a track of hers on Spotify. Here's a clip from it.
2: Nothing bright to
0: see. Nothing more. Just me me ah, Don't trust me I'm not safe from now I'm nothing more just me others want to
2: see
1: ah, I love this song so so much It's so good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I really love uh, this the the like electronic music at Eurovision mm-hmm. the last several years has been fantastic and I would start it I would start that trend maybe it's even earlier than this but 2013 I think it was Montenegro with Igranka um, e I really liked it didn't do yes. well but I love that mm-hmm. song it still is in heavy rotation on my playlist and then um, what do we have in 2014 we had Aram um, 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 MP3 with You're Not Alone mm-hmm. right in 2015 and 16 we had aminata um from latvia singing a song and then writing a song yes um, mm. you know we just have a really who do we have last year did we have any electronic music last year
2: i mean norway norway's felt oh. very very clubby and felt very of the moment with what was going on in sort of edm
0: yeah and, and i just oh and of course Azerbaijan last year of course with skeletons oh yeah. right? like, I, it's, I love it, in part because it's just something different. We do, It's not, you know, just a, a standard ballad. It's not just pop. Like, yes, mm-hmm. so I am super excited about Azerbaijan. Like, they had a year there that was not great, um, but they've really come back. Or a couple of years there that was not mm-hmm. great. They've really come I was back. I say,
2: they've had a few years where yeah. it's been. Well, yeah, their, their their initial approach seemed to be, okay, we're going to figure out the singers, then we're going to figure out the song, and it's just going to work somehow. And it did for a few years, and then that sort of fell fell off and now they've they've at least chosen their artist. i believe that they're doing like some sort of national choose them thing for their song
1: oh i have i hadn't seen that yet
2: uh, let me um, Yeah, let's say okay. I, could, I could be wrong on that but i think i think they're not completely taking it internal okay again could be could be wrong
1: um yeah i mean that would that would be an interesting choice yeah i'm i'm just so excited to see like what they uh what they're going to pull out this time. Uh, I mean, they, they are one of the countries that has had, um, that has never missed a final any year that they've competed. So, um, yeah. And j- just from that clip alone, I can pretty much guess that they're going to continue that streak. And sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just super excited about this. <laughs> so, uh, we... another one that I'm super excited about, I was about is say, just
2: peeking ahead in the show notes. Another one that you were very excited about is Belgium.
1: Yes. Uh, anybody want to take a stab at uh, how to pronounce Laura G's sure, last Laura, name
2: Laura Gro who appears to go just by Senec, which seems very smart on her part yes
1: thank you um yeah um uh, go ahead
2: uh, but yeah so it's we we have a clip of her covering last year's winner which I cannot pronounce correctly
1: Amara Peros Dois. I've been I've been learning I've been learning
2: Portuguese there, there we go yeah you should yes if I lived a dream.
1: I'd ask you to dance with time standing still just for you. And oh, I forget it's only a dream. I'd picture your face all day through. Yeah, so her her voice is another style that I just love. Like, there's just that sort of, like, Fiona Apple richness to it. And, um, yeah, uh, she's another one who uh, has uh, quite a bit of material available on YouTube. And, yeah, everything I've heard of hers so far I've really enjoyed.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, like, they, they were another one where it felt like they were sort of on the more electronic train last year because they had Blanche and mm-hmm. City Lights, which felt like very, very, like, a very chill Take on electro but yeah like i am always intrigued by what belgium does there they they it feels like they always are they're not always necessarily to the same beat as the rest of the competition but whatever they send up tends to be something i like
0: i gotta say i'm not in love with her cover of amar bellas doyce i there's something about maybe it's just because i constantly hear what's his name saying it you know last year's winner i I'm not a big fan of that. I do like her voice. And Mm -hmm. I, what I like better, what I would prefer to hear from her is something more like the, um, the Tomorrow Never Dies cover that she did with the symphony. That's also on YouTube that people can go watch. There was, particularly when she gets towards the end of that, there is a, like, a strength in her voice. And I really want to hear that. That's the, like, I love her as a contestant. Just, I, I don't think she doesn't have the sort of, um, the purity and clarity. For a song like Amara Dois," I want to see her, like, where her voice really can open up. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I want.
1: Yeah. And I definitely don't want her doing, like, a cover of, like, last year's song. Like, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, will, it will need to be something different. Because it's just, like, we already have last year's song. And, yeah, la- last yeah.
2: year's song feels very singular. Like, that song and that voice are just a pair. I don't want to necessarily repeat that.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Belgium's been very smart the last few years. Like they're it I I I don't want to say like they're futuristic in their sound because they're not. Um but like it, they're they have their eye on the horizon and mm-hmm. are heading in that direction even if they're not like way beyond there if that if that's making any sense. Like mm-hmm. like
0: I think they are futuristic. They have a sense of the it,
1: future. But well,
0: I think they are futuristic well, in Eurovision terms. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah, like I, I feel like their entries are trying to be more than just like whatever is very much like the 2017 sound, the 2018 sound. They're sort of keeping an eye on the horizon as well, because last year's entry felt very, very listenable outside of the context of the Eurovision Song Contest, where I felt like if that had just popped up in my Spotify playlist as a, hey, we think you might like this, I would I would have totally added it in there. I would have totally kept listening to it.
1: All right. So let us pick up with Finland. Uh, So Sarah Alto, uh, she was the runner-up from the most recent season of uh, UK's version of the X Factor, Uh, and she is also a uh, runner-up twice uh, from Finland's uh, UMK selection process. I am not even going to attempt to pronounce what UMK actually stands for. Uh, (laughs) Something Finnish. A lot. Yeah,
2: it stands for a lot, and it's all very Finnish. But yeah, she was she was the runner up in 2011, and then in 2016 when they sent Sandya.
1: I think her voice sounds fine. I'll be curious what sort of song she gets. It's
2: yeah, she she has a very very pop voice compared to some of the other people that we've been talking about. Like it's very very contemporary pop. Very again compared to something. Like Albania, where it felt much more rooted in traditional music.
1: Yeah, like the the most recent clip of her that I saw was her covering uh, "Let It Go" uh, from Frozen, and yeah, I mean, like she has she has the right voice for that. It's just not for me but um i don't know i i I think Mm -hmm. she's if she's paired up with the right song it could be something interesting um Mm -hmm. that that is something that i do appreciate about finland is they don't i i can't think like i i don't think finland has like a defined style like they they send something different every year and have Mm -hmm varying results and yeah like yeah. they're they're, in, they're an interesting country to watch and well, yeah, all, like, always full well, of surprises and like
2: also just their their national final is always very interesting to watch if only to see what the judges are wearing because it feels like of <laughs> the, the Scandinavian nations Finland is like the most hipster
1: that seems fair um,
2: yeah I, I think like I think they're being very savvy this year by going hey a Finnish person was, was like the runner up on UK X Factor we should scoop that up we should scoop that up and be like, Hey, so we're just going to pick you as our finalist because you've been on a national stage lately. You'll be, you're, you're in people's minds. They were voting for you because you were runner up. So rather than do our usual UMK, where we have people submit their artists and their song, we're going to have you be the artist and people are going to, we're going to figure out the song.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to see what Finland does. I agree. They have a really broad variety in the terms of the stuff that they do. Um, even the stuff that turns out not to be popular, I always really enjoy, even when no one else likes it. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do. I, I don't know how I feel about their artists yet. Again, I need to see more. I need to see what song um, she's going to get. We'll see.
2: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like just sort of thinking through like the last couple of years of Finland's entries. Like A couple years ago, we had Sanya, where it felt very kind of disco, R&B-inflected. Uh, last year, we had Norma John, which was just the very opposite of that. Just very... Just very, you know, simple, just piano, ballad. So that's the nice thing about Finland is that they're always going, they, they seem to really go for variety and never send the same thing twice.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Norma John got robbed last year, can we just say.
2: <laughs> yeah. So they, 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 it was definitely a surprise to see them, like, not on the final stage, at least.
1: Yeah, that, that was the feeling in the room uh, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, to be fair i was hanging out with a bunch of people from the finnish contingent so they were very (laughs) upset they they were they were more upset than the average uh fans but yeah everybody felt that they really deserved to move on and uh yeah it just was not meant to be unfortunately um and
2: then this has nothing to do with with her performing skills but i also just really really like that both her first name and last name have double vowels agreed yeah (laughs) Which speaking of vowels, Georgia. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh Georgia uh just recently announced that the group uh Iriao, uh I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, I really hope that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Um, the ways that could go. Yeah, uh they uh will be representing the country. Um and yeah, they are a seven piece ensemble uh that specializes in ethno jazz. Ben, you seem to have opinions about this. Uh, oh, yesterday, dear. when yeah, the news just, came just, out on Twitter, so
2: I mean, mostly I just saw the that you guys pinged me on Twitter with like, "Have you seen George's entry?" And I was like, "Oh no, what did they title their song this year? Is this going to trip the political thing that they that they've done in the past?" Thankfully, it was like not just them like submitting a song called "Putin can lick our entire butt," uh, <laughs> but <laughs> But it was just, oh, cool, we didn't learn our lesson from when we sent that jazz ensemble.
0: Yeah, Three Minutes to Earth, is that what the name of the song was a couple years ago? I literally, when I saw the song, I was like, isn't this the same group or song? Like, I immediately went, like, my brain went back to that song. Yeah. And I was like, this is literally the same thing.
2: You sent me the link, and I was like, wait, isn't this their their 2014, isn't this their entry from a few years ago? So I thought that you would link me to the actual entry.
0: That said, I think we need more parachutes. So if they repeat the parachute from yeah. the twenty fourteen entry, I'm okay with that.
2: Otherwise, like if, yeah, if they can just decide on the parachute motif now,
0: yes. Otherwise, but
2: yeah, this just like my my thoughts on jazz are: I, I like Eurovision, I like jazz, I do not feel that they often go well together. Like I remember Moldova's entry from like two thousand eight, probably. Was very lovely and kind of jazzy, but it also did not feel like a Eurovision song.
1: I mean, I, th- I think it's going to depend on like what kind of jazz it is. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what like and, and, what and defines ethno jazz. Like, I tried. I, I, say, I, I
2: In I, fairness, I'm not. I, I don't recall seeing ethno jazz, but I do remember that they said that they sort of pull from Georgian polyrhythmic and polyphonic music. Adorned with jazz elements, <laughs> whatever that. Which means. Which I don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't think that jazz as a whole doesn't doesn't not work. Sorry, I'm. I'm Wait, de-
2: oh yeah, well, I, I think the reason it doesn't, it tends to not work for me is that jazz for me, the the stuff I like that qualifies as jazz tends to be a little bit more improvisational and more specifically doesn't work in a three minute box. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think of like. Italy's entry in 20, uh, 2011 um, when, when they came back to the contest. Like, I still love that song so much. And, like, that that's, like, piano and trumpet-type jazz, which I, I think can work. I mean, it, it, it did work. They came in second place, but um yeah if it's something where it's like i think it was germany in 2009 where it included ladies and gentlemen miss dina van Ties. yes like no <laughs> the no, americans no. for hire yeah yeah yes yeah it's just like no that no please no <laughs> I, think, <laughs> so... I think
0: i think jazz can work at eurovision i think it never has and i haven't seen any evidence that any country will get it right anytime soon i think it could but i mm-hmm. think it would take somebody really special to make it happen
2: yeah and who knows? Maybe Irao is the is the group to do it. Also, like they're a seven piece group. Who is the member that has to be gently told that they're not getting to go to to Lisbon?
1: Uh yeah that that that's gonna be a tough conversation for somebody. So, but um, yeah, like I'm I'm very curious what what's going to come out from uh from this. And And
2: again, like the song could actually be released and just blow me away and I can just immediately get on the train for this entry. But just from the description, I'm not I'm not ready.
1: Yeah. But who knows? It could be Tbilisi in 2019. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) uh, So the last act that uh, has been announced so far uh, comes from the Netherlands. Uh, It's Waylon. Uh, he was one half of Netherlands duo, the Common Lynettes, uh, who represented the country in 2014. Uh, they finished in second place. This is another song that I am totally obsessed with still all these years mm-hmm. later. Um, and yeah, uh, anybody's anybody have thoughts on on this choice?
2: I mean, I think... Just the fact that that's been their their best performing entry in the last couple of years, it makes sense to go back to that artist and say, hey, do you want to try this again? Because it seemed to really, really click with the audience at the time. Which, at, like, at the time, I just remember just being like, "But, but country is American music. What is it doing here? But it really, really worked. And I thought that, well, and, like, they've done, like, a few more, more, like, I guess, country slash Americana-ish mm-hmm. music. Like, I think uh, Dewey Bob's entry from a couple years ago also felt very much in that same vein. So it seems to be something that's working for them, so I think definitely go for it again.
1: Yeah, Actually, that was, their 2012 entry was was also very country-ish. Maybe it's just something they want to do on the even number years. And, Maybe. Um... Was
2: that a new... I mean, one thing I'm interested in, in seeing is that one thing that really worked for me about that song was the vocal interplay and the tight harmonies mm-hmm. and if it's just him it's not going to have that
0: yeah i don't know that there's necessarily a strong history of countries going back to an artist that did really well i mean with the exception of like ireland right and mm. with johnny logan three you know two or three times or whatever um like when azerbaijan went back to elner he did not do well did he even qualify for the final a couple of years yeah. ago with hour of the wolf yeah. Maybe he did, did, but he didn't do well. Yeah, yeah but he didn't Yeah, and um, Yeah,
1: that, that that was during their downswing.
0: Yeah, it was. I I just feel like there's not necessarily a strong history of that working. Um and I and I think Ben's point that it's very much about that song. It's his voice, yes, but that song. I didn't really even like the song um at first. It took me a very long time. And even now I'll skip it more often than not on shuffle. on Shuffle. It's good, but it's not one of my favorites. Um I just I hope he does well. I love his voice. I'm excited to see what he sings, but if they're looking for magic in a bottle, I'm a little skeptical that that will happen this time.
2: yeah, I think you're right. Just sort of thinking over other countries where they've sent the same artist multiple times like there there's never there's not usually a case where it's like wait well yeah, we did it again, except for like Johnny Logan because Israel has sent uh Dana International a few times. she won the first time around, second time she barely squeaked through the final if that uh san marino has qualified <laughs> with valentina moneta once
0: malta on her sent, third um, try yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> on their third try uh and they tried it again last year and it didn't work out
0: malta sent um
2: what's her name yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who who we all remember and love as
0: well. Yeah. Um they sent her yeah. twice and she, you know, didn't do as well the second time. Yeah, I just I good for them, I'll be excited to hear what but I'm not I'm not thinking that he's gonna be a contender for a win. He'll maybe, you know, top half, maybe top ten if he gets something real good, but we'll see.
1: That's going to do it for this episode of the Eurobutt. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is a production of whatelseison.tv. Our Eurovision News and Research Division specialists are Ryan Brazell, Mike McComb, and Ben Smith. Follow our coverage of the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest at our website, Eurovision.whatelseisOn.tv. You can also catch us on social media at Euro What on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at what else is on dot tv. We'll be back next week.